0: Hello everyone, how are you? Um, This is going to be an episode that's not like all the other episodes. Uh, This is just going to be me chatting to you, basically. Uh, First of all, I wanted to go through a couple notes following um, Jordan's memorial. So as the final episode was released, the day of Jordan's 10-year memorial, I haven't had a chance to speak about it on the podcast We did record the memorial on video and we'll be uploading that via YouTube sometime soon. But I chose not to record it for the podcast as personally I felt it was important to make that moment about Jordan and not the podcast. But we had a great group of people show up on a rainy Saturday, some friends of Jordan, some part of this podcast, and also some listeners that just chose to come and pay their respects and you were all very much appreciated Everyone had a shot of ouzo, or two, or three, uh, myself. And many were actually pleasantly surprised to find they enjoyed it. And If you haven't haven't tried ouzo before, it's like an aniseed kind of drink. It's a a famous Greek drink. It's fantastic. Uh, And then Viv Leonard from Arkwright's Antiques, she brought along a pizza, which actually was the favorite type of pizza she always used to buy from Jordan, which was a cranberry chicken one, obviously not from... Mykonos but from somewhere else locally that she could find on the day Um, afterwards um, yeah some people hung around to share a few memories of Jordan which was um, great to see I had a chance to talk to a couple people uh, that knew Jordan and um, yeah share some cool stories the day was covered by a local newspaper who ran the article as their front page story the following week and also Coromandel FM which is a local radio station also played the podcast in its entirety starting from the day of jordan's memorial uh, which means they must be getting to about the last episode now or they might have just got there but yeah overall it was a like a really fitting amount of exposure for jordan's 10-year memorial and every bit of this helps to keep the case alive right so i asked you to send through your questions And I'm going to work my way through these as I can and in depth where necessary. And I do apologize if I don't get to your question. Um, There's been a lot. Um, I might do another Q&A at some point. Um, But I think this is going to be a benefit to a lot of people because it's likely that if one person has this question, then another person will have that too. And like I said, this is not going to be scripted and edited like the rest of the podcast. So I apologize. It's not going to be like that. I'm just going to go through the questions and give you my thoughts on the fly. And the first question, this actually isn't a direct question that someone sent me, but this is part of a, a conversation I had via messenger with a, um, a listener following the re- release of the last episode. And he said, love the episode. But he asked who I thought was actually responsible. And it made me think for a second and re-listen to the episode. And I realized that perhaps I haven't made that 100% clear. So I thought I would address this now. Yeah, so what I was kind of hoping when I went through uh, the final episode of the podcast was I went through all the, the different facets that we've been through. And I sort of hoped I would eliminate them. But the ones that... I felt I couldn't eliminate specifically like when I spoke about the armed robberies. I sort of was hoping that the fact that I didn't eliminate them would show that... I thought that would combine to show at the end that um, these were things that I thought were relevant. So going back to that last last run-through that I did, which I must admit was different than anything I've done throughout the whole podcast. And it, it actually... I wondered how I was gonna deal with it. I how am I gonna how am I gonna say what I thought happened? I wanted it to sort of flow and tell the whole story of the day, and that's why I kind of did it the way that I did. But I think part of doing it that way, I, I you know, I didn't say black and white, this is what I thought happened. So basically I believe myself And as I said, this is just my theory, my speculation, that the armed robberies are connected to Jordan's murder. You know, there's some things that I know, sources that I've talked to that lead me to that conclusion as well, things that I'm not going to share on the podcast, Um, because you have to remember as well that this is actually a live investigation and I have to be careful about the things that I say. And I'm not saying I have any bombshell information, but you know some stuff that that could be important. But yeah, my belief is that Jordan's freezer being robbed is connected to his murder. Um, that's just that's my theory on that. Right. Okay. Let's find the next question. What did I enjoy about making the podcast the most? Um, yeah. Okay. That's a fair question. Uh, I suppose if I go back and just think about when I first started it, I obviously had no idea really what I was doing. Um, I've listened to podcasts, and in particular true crime podcasts, for probably the last four years, I would say. And I think I've listened to virtually every true crime podcast that's worth listening to. Actually, no, I won't say that because every week I find one that I'm blown away by how amazing it is, yet I've never heard of it but I've listened to hundreds, thousands and thousands of hours. And yeah, so I guess the thing that I enjoyed most about it was the process and meeting people really. Um, but I enjoy the process of putting it all together and trying to tell a story that is there, but also weaving together the case and then meeting people. I loved meeting people and people constantly surprise me. Um, you'll hear things about someone, you know, they're bad or they're this or they're that. And then you meet them in person and straight away you realize like, well, hang on, that's all bullshit. This person's actually not what people said at all. And it makes you realize in life, you know, don't judge people so quickly. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I loved the support of the listeners, people messaging me, people really getting into the case. Um yeah, it's hard to say exactly. I enjoyed the whole process of the podcast. And um, yeah, and obviously I'm trying to help Jordan's case as well. Uh, what do we got? Next question here. Did you ever find out any more information about the car? Um, specifically, no. But what I will say is that lots of people, lots have been in touch saying what type of car they thought it was on my Instagram and through our page. Um, But specifically, no, we weren't able to actually find any more information about the car. But it being in that area between 109 and 121 is certainly of interest. Um, And I do wonder if the, I mean, you'd have to assume the police really looked into it. But as far as I'm concerned and what we are doing, no, we weren't able to find that out. Um, how do you think making the podcast about Jordan's case has affected you personally? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess the thing it makes you realize is that life is very fleeting. Um, you know, I guess we all know this because you watch true crime shows and things all the time and you watch the news, but it just makes you realize you can just be doing something one moment. And then the next moment you're gone just in a, a random act. Um, so, you know, live life to the fullest. And I think Jordan definitely did that. Um, but as well, personally, I think it's made me, it's opened my eyes as well to not judging a book by its cover in terms of people. Um, listen to people. Keep your mouth shut and listen because people have a lot to say. So I think personally, personally, I think that the interview process I've interviewed dozens and dozens of people. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but probably like 40 or 50 people for this season. And now I find that when I sit down and I talk to a new person, I just, I really listen to what they're saying and I ask questions and I've always kind of done that, but I think even more so. So yeah, I think personally that's what that's done for me is just sort of, yeah, made me listen more to people and, has the local population been supportive of the podcast? Uh, yeah, definitely. At the beginning, when I, when I first started the podcast, it started very slowly. I think people weren't sure who the hell I was, didn't necessarily trust me. Um, and then over time, I think as the episodes came out and people thought, hey, this, this is actually good, um, this guy seems to be doing a, a good job, then the tips started coming forward. And people were really supportive. And it was these people that really helped help the podcast because they gave me all kinds of information I wouldn't have had otherwise. So yeah, definitely. Uh, next thing. Do you 100% believe that the two-hour time delay had nothing to do with it? I guess with anything, I can't say 100%. Um, ultimately everything it's all still a mystery and the police have more information than what I have, but in my view, I don't believe it has anything to do with it. I think it just was sort of just worked out that way because, you know, it's hard for us to understand, but I think Linda was just in a spot that morning herself and she just maybe reacted in a way that we might not think is normal. But whether it has anything actually to do with Jordan's death, um, yeah, I don't think so. But like I said, I can't 100% say anything. Um, I can only put forward what I what I hear and the people I talk to. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel I'm 80% confident it's not related. Um, and if you listen to the final episode, you would have heard me speak to Linda that last time. And, you know, I mean, like I said, she wouldn't call me back and pick the phone up and If she was involved, I think she just genuinely reacted in a kind of bizarre way. So no, I guess, let me just say, no, I don't think it's connected. Have you ever managed to get hold of Linda's cousin Barry? I guess this is connected to that last question a bit. Um, Well, apart from the time he told me to fuck off, no, I haven't. I've sent him text messages and I've tried to call him many times before and was told to basically piss off. Talk to Linda and I I've tried to see if I can talk to him and I'm still hoping it might happen. I'm not gonna give up on that. Um, yeah. Linda just sort of made it clear that he's just not I don't know. He's a her words were he's a bit of a scaredy cat. Um so I mean, I guess you can read into that what you want. But um, yeah, the answer to the question is no, other than the first time I spoke to him. And a couple texts where he's yeah told me to fuck off basically, but you know I, I just I don't think it's necessarily indicative of him being guilty of anything other than just being yeah a shit friend basically. How long does it take to make each episode? Yeah, uh, that's a good question actually. So if you've never made a podcast before, which I imagine most people haven't, um. Yeah, there's different kinds of podcasts. So, you know, some people have podcasts where it's just an interview-based podcast. Perhaps you just speak to a person and it's just pretty much live, unedited, and it's just your conversation, kind of like what I'm doing right now. Those are far easier to make. But as you can imagine, when you listen to Guilt, um, there is a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes. So for every episode that I make, um, obviously I have to do my interviews, that are relative to that episode and then I have to write each episode Um, and each episode can range from somewhere between a minimum of say 5,000 words to up to for um, Mulan Labi, the last episode that was almost 13,000 words Um, and that all has to be written Um, some of that is made up of pieces of interview but yeah, it takes a long time Um, And of course, not only are you writing the story, but you're also trying to work the case as well and and try to make it all make sense. So yeah, it's very time consuming. Um, And then obviously you've got to record all the audio, all the little audio snippets and then edit it all together with the sound and everything. So say one episode, you know, all up, not including the time it takes to drive and go to interviews and everything. But realistically, it takes a good week to make an episode by the time, sit down and write the whole thing, record it, edit it. Uh, so yeah, it's extremely time consuming. Uh, but I think when you put that extra effort in, you get a really good product and, and you can tell the difference. Okay, what have we got next here? What do you think you'll be able to take from this season into season two? Yeah, I suppose, I guess what they're trying to say is what have you learned from season one? um and how can I apply that to season two yeah I suppose um the difference is that and it's not necessarily a negative thing but when I did season one you know I I went out and I started and I just went and talked to say Viv off the bat and I just went from there each person gave me other people to speak to and I edited each episode and just released it as it came along Uh, you know I sort of like sometimes I might wait I might be a little bit ahead but I think what I'll do for this current season is I'm gonna release them in bunches so I'll probably release the first three episodes at once um, but I'll have more of a plan I think going into it for at least the first five or six episodes and then after that it'll be a bit more organic uh, but yeah probably a bit more of a plan um, yeah try and I mean in terms of what I've what I've really learned you know I think overall I sort of learned everything in the By the end of the first season, uh, just take your time. Um, These things take time. You can't rush it. There's something I definitely learned. Um, I mean, God, time has flown, but it was still eight months from the first episode till now. Some of these things can take years. Um, So don't rush it. Some people take time to come forward and want to speak. Uh, So yeah, take my time and um, really just, yeah, try to get to the truth. Uh, And one thing I did learn, obviously there was that, fuck up with Bruce Jacks, basically saying that he was in the funeral home and it turns out he wasn't. You know, I mean, that was a tough one because he said he was there. I had someone else saying that he was there and I took that for what it was. Um, you know, I probably should have looked a bit deeper. So lesson to lesson I've learned there is, um, yeah, you know, make sure you fact check some of those things, especially if they're quite key. Okay. Next question, Um, can you tell us anything about season two and when the first episode will be released? Uh, Yeah, if you haven't heard the trailer yet, I'll just run over it right now quickly. So season two is actually going to be a really interesting season. Um, It's about a man by the name of Jim Donnelly from uh, Waiuku area in New Zealand, in particular... He worked at the Glenbrook Steel Mill. And it's a crazy case. Um, 18 years ago, Jim basically went to work as usual and um, took his lunch, went to his locker, got changed into his gear. People saw him there doing that. And this is a big mill, like a massive mill. Uh, You'll learn all about it in season two. But he does this. Someone sees him on a gantry. um, So, you know, just sort of, going about his work and then he's never seen again literally never seen again Um, and there were some sort of um, things leading up to this event that had kind of tipped off Jim's wife Tracy and others that you know there may have been something going on and um, Jim had been acting quite odd in the time leading up to his disappearance so because of that they were on the case really quickly. Um, he didn't show up for, a, I think, a 9.30 meeting that morning, or 9 o'clock, 9.30 meeting, and when he didn't show up for that, they, they, they just sort of had a feeling something wasn't right. And So the police were there, and there was a search launched within, uh, within a few hours. So by 12 o'clock, they were looking for him, and he was never found. And then, But the crazy thing is that, so about a week later, his hard hat, Palm Pilot, a couple ID cards were found next to a vat of acid in the mill. And when they drained the vat of acid, they also found um, some more of his things in the the vat. Uh, There was a key and perhaps something else. Um, I'll tell you because I haven't got fully into this case yet. I don't know all the specific details as yet. Um but yeah, it's a super interesting interesting case. Um, there's a lot of crazy theories around um, but yeah, it's yeah, there's things involved, I mean, involving like I've heard things about the Freemasons, gangs, um, obviously Jim's mental state is something to look at, but yeah, it's just very odd that he disappeared and was and was never seen again. Uh, yeah it's it's a crazy case. Um, and the cool thing this time, I have uh, the support of Jim's wife Tracy, who's going to be involved, and you'll you'll hear her speaking if you listen to the trailer for season two. Also, I've got some good information from the police in terms of timelines, and my understanding is the the detectives involved are, are happy to um, speak to me. So, yeah, that'll be really cool, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. But yeah, if you want to search Jim Donnelly on Google, you'll find a bunch of information. Uh, there's been other podcasts done about his case but just sort of single episode very basic things but we're going to go as deep as it can go we're going to interview everyone we can find and if you're listening to this right now and you know anything about Jim's case or if you're from the area you know anyone that worked at the Glenbrook Steel Mill please get in touch with us at brevitystudiosnz at gmail.com Were you able to speak to the police throughout Jordan's case? Yeah. So this was um, this was sort of a thing that yeah it was quite difficult. But because it was an active case, uh, the police from the very beginning they uh, I suppose I wouldn't say weren't willing to, but weren't able to. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they can still talk about an active case, but they chose not to at that stage, at the early stage that I got hold of them, and then I did reach out. Uh, once I was sort of two-thirds of the way through and um, didn't hear anything back. But then an update with that, of course, after I released the last episode, um, of course, a couple days later, I got a, an email from someone quite high up saying that, yeah, they're happy to have a chat. And, um, yeah, so we'll do that. So, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we, we could get an interview from them. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly at this point. But yeah, no, it is hard for them. It's an active case and they have to make sure that things don't get released that could affect any future court case. And that's something that, you know, I have to be aware of too. Okay, what do we got? Who is your favorite character you interviewed and why? Um, Yeah, I suppose I'll quickly touch on this. I met a lot of of cool people in this story, um, in Jordan's case. And, you know, I pretty much liked everyone that I got to speak to. Everyone had a different angle on Jordan's case. And, and um, yeah, everyone was just so friendly and accommodating. Um, but I suppose if I was talking about, like, characters and I guess I would have to say Sierra. Uh, I, um, yeah, I mean, she was someone that was really interesting to talk to and was just very out there. And, you know, and she had an interesting, interesting story. And, I mean, I only included a very small part of my interview with her. Uh, she's got some stories, I tell you. I mean, I don't know <laughs> how truthful they all are. Uh, but I think, uh, I don't know, I think she, um, she's lived a life. And, yeah, I think it probably came through in the, in the interview when I spoke to her. And the next question actually follows, follows on from that. Do you think Sierra hearing Sophia, the security guard, or whatever she heard is relevant to the case? yeah and this is a this is a really a tough one, um, because you know, I believe Sarah, I believe she heard something. Um but then obviously we found that Blade wasn't playing that that morning. I mean, but that doesn't mean she didn't hear anything. That just means Blade wasn't on. Ten years have passed. she may have made a mistake there. But you know obviously it it adds that cloud of uncertainty because you have to think, well, if she she got the movie wrong was she actually thinking about a different time perhaps weeks earlier or or weeks later and I mean of course we looked a couple weeks either side of that date and we couldn't find Blade Um, you know but she specifically remembers that she heard something that night and it was the next day that you know I think that would stick out in her mind and the timing is obviously quite key. If Jordan shuts down his computer sometime just before 1.30, she claims to have heard shouting and arguing. You know, she says one fifteen um, because of the movie, but then we know that that can't be quite right because there was actually no movies that were starting at exactly that time. So you know, she could have been off by just a short period of time, and I mean, in this case, ten minutes is a big, a big period of time. So I think she probably did hear something. Now the thing about Sophia, the security guard, you know, I've really um, tried to find Sophia, um, talked to security people around town, and haven't been able to find anything. So, uh, did Sophia have a different name, and that's why we haven't been able to find her? Did I don't think she didn't exist, but my thought is maybe. I think Sierra did hear something, but that perhaps it was someone else's voice she heard. Yeah, I mean, you're hearing arguing and yelling. It's hard to say, but it's just too much of a coincidence for me. So ultimately, I think it is relevant. But yeah, I mean, we just, it's just obviously hard to say for sure. Have you ever felt worried for your own safety making the podcast? Yes. I have spoken to uh, a couple people at least that are involved in the sort of underworld that have told me that I need to be very careful. And, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a thing, you know, I have sort of worried about it at, at times, but then you just sort of realize that you can't be scared because a story it still needs to be told. This is Jordan's story. Uh, he was a good guy. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the people that are involved, even if they were listening to this right now, I don't think it's going to solve anything by coming after me because the things that I'm talking about are things people probably already know and the police already know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have, I have thought about it for sure, but yeah, I mean, it's not something that's going to stop me on the case. What would your ultimate goal be in Jordan's case? Um, yeah, so I suppose this is something that's actually changed as the podcast has gone on. When I first started it, and if you can remember back to episode one, I said, you know, the goal is to solve the case and find who is responsible for Jordan's murder. And I mean, obviously that would be a great outcome, but I suppose when I started, I was probably being a bit naive. Um, things aren't as simple as that. So... I suppose really when as I've gone through and I've kind of reassessed that I've sort of come to the conclusion that the ultimate goal actually is to keep Jordan's case alive and just bring it back out into the light so that people can come forward and and then let the police do their work or just let the case unfold as it does it's not really my responsibility to try and solve the case but to try and help it along on its way, I guess, as a form of media. And I think that I've managed to do that. There is absolutely no doubt that everyone's talking about it now around town and, and to be honest, around New Zealand and even around the world. Um, so, you know, we've had leads come forward from people that have connected dots on things that they never thought of before just from listening to the podcast. So overall, yeah, it's about just keeping the story out there and um and actually and telling Jordan's story as well because so many locals know how awesome he was um but I think now everyone else does too and it's um yeah it's a cool thing for that I've had the opportunity to do that and become part of his story in a way I feel like a bit of an imposter because I'm not from Paeroa um but yeah, I've, his story has definitely become a part of my life in a way, which is, um, yeah, which is quite cool. All uh, right, what do you got? What was the most emotional moment of the podcast for you? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, this is probably a pretty easy one for me. Uh, and that would be when I was doing Tatiana's interview because she was very close to Jordan And, you know, literally considered him like a father figure. And, you know, and it was a face-to-face interview. And I think I said in the podcast, but it's a real weight of responsibility that you have. I mean, you're asking people questions that you know are going to bring them pain. But, you know, you have to ask them. But you also sort of have to stay neutral as much as you can. I mean, I can't sit there and be blubbering my eyes out. You know, that's not going to work, you know, so it can be hard. And I think that was definitely, um, yeah, that was definitely the most emotional part of that interview. And I'd been talking to Tatiana for months to try and get her to, you know, I wasn't putting too much pressure on her. But, you know, I knew it was going to be a heavy interview for her and it was so you know, when it actually happened. Yeah, it was emotional. And, um, you know, and when you hear the story of how, you know, how she found out in that morning, I mean, I think you could understand. But yeah, it was sitting there with her. It was very emotional. Are there any leads in particular that you would have liked to spend more time on? Yeah, sure. There's probably, probably a few. Uh, But yeah, I suppose this is something actually going back to another question about what I learned from this season is that you can't chase every lead. Um, obviously, you know, there's a point where you have to, you know, sort of look at the veracity of each lead and, and decide which ones you think are worth, are worth following. Um, and I don't want you to think that I just disregard any because I do not, everything gets at least a bit of a look. Um, but yeah, it's something to, that I've learned is that yeah, you've got to really pick the ones that, that make sense and focus on those. And if you do get time, I guess you can go back and check the others later. But you know, some leads really don't have any you know, any, any basis to them. And those are the ones that I'll sort of put on the back burner. Um, but yeah, so the question was, are there any leads in particular that we'd like to spend more time on? Um, well, there's many leads that didn't get included in the podcast. Um, yeah okay I'll tell you one right now which is one that I didn't include in the podcast at all Um, so this might be interesting to you so there there, Jordan actually had a wife uh, I think she was and I may be wrong here so I I don't really want to say she was an Asian wife that he had and um, she was probably one of the only people that I've ever heard didn't get along well with Jordan. They didn't have a great relationship and in fact when he went down to Paedoa and started Mykonos um, yeah there was some some issues went down there and they ended up breaking up and she ended up going back to whichever Asian country she was from. I'm not exactly sure. It may be Thailand or or wherever it was. Um, And there was some speculation that or oh, maybe she organized a hit on Jordan or something because um of what went down with with the pizza pizza shop or something like that. And when I first heard it, I thought, okay, but yeah, I mean, i I did a bit of looking into that and it just it just there was really nothing there. um the police also looked into that, and I really couldn't see anything anything there, but I mean, I suppose if if I could have, hey, I would have loved to get hold of her and go to whatever country she was in and go talk to her or talk to her on the phone, but I just couldn't get hold of her. Uh, but I spoke to um, Christos and others who, you know, they didn't think there was anything there, but they just had a bit of a tumultuous relationship. But it would have been nice to have actually been able to have a chat to her. Um, you know, it probably would have added a bit to the podcast and, yeah, that would have been a lead I would like to have a look at. Uh, do you have any other podcast ideas other than guilt? Lots, uh, lots and lots. But you know, I tell you, it takes so much time making a podcast. Uh, but yeah, we've got some other ones. Um, Definitely some, they're going to be coming and, you know, I can't really say much now, but we've got some other really cool podcast ideas coming up other than season two of guilt that we're going to be working on, uh, which will be awesome. Not necessarily all true crime related, but that's sort of the general vibe. But There are a lot of cool stories out there and people that have stories to tell and I want to tell them. What advice would you give to someone wanting to start a podcast? Okay, I suppose what what advice would I have wanted when I was first starting? Um, I guess the first thing I would say, and this is something that I, I did without even thinking about it, but listen to podcasts you know, you need to know the media format that you're getting into. I had listened, I've listened to so many true crime podcasts and and just podcasts in general for years, like hundreds and hundreds of podcasts uh, before I even started. So, you know, know what you're sort of, know what you want to do and know how it should be done. Not saying you have to copy someone else's format, but you know, know a bit about it. Uh, The next thing I would say is just do it, get started. And that's something with, Everything I've always done in my life, whether it's acting or or whatever it is, you know, if you have an idea, action it. Don't just sit on it because nothing will ever happen. You know, I remember when I walked into Arkwright's Antiques that first day, you know, I had my recording equipment and Ashley's in the car and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And I just thought to myself at the time, you know, you're going to look back on this time, you know, way in the future and be like, man, Now you're experienced at interviewing people. Remember back when you'd never even talked to someone? And I thought, yeah, I will think that. And I walked in and it just rolled on from there. So my tip would be just do it. You don't have to have the best equipment in the world, but if you can afford it, of course it doesn't hurt. But just do it. Pick something and do it. And it doesn't have to be an investigative podcast. It could be something very basic, but just, yeah, just make a start, get something out there. Okay, and I'm going to make this the last question. Do you have any recommendations for other podcasts while we wait for season two? Okay, uh, this is a good question, actually. I could go on for fucking hours about this, but yeah, so there's going to probably be a, a little while till season two. September, the first episode's coming out. Okay, so most of the podcasts I've listened to, true crime, my favorite podcasts are investigative podcasts like Guilt, because. I feel like they're trying to achieve something and you're getting somewhere and each episode isn't just a new story that's being told that they already know the answer to. It's something that you're involved with. You feel like you're part of it. So my favorite podcast, uh, True Crime Investigative Podcast, is one that not many people know about. It's by the BBC and it's called Paradise. Paradise and it is brilliant. I absolutely love it. Uh, I couldn't tell you the name of the host right now, but he's really cool. But it's a really awesome story about two brothers who saw their father kill a couple out on their yacht, uh, I think in the 80s, 90s perhaps. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant podcast, Paradise. Another one I'll tell you about, I'll give you, maybe I'll give you three. Okay, so Paradise, and then the next one will be um, another one that's just really good. It's called In the Dark but season two in particular it's the case of curtis flowers absolutely brilliant this is one where you know i'll say not many podcasts investigative ones you end up with a result um 99 of them you don't get a result at the end you just have more questions and unfortunately you know guilt was a little bit like that too but i hope that might change in the future wink but um Season two in the dark is not that case. There is a result at the end, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, Number three, God, I could, there's so many as well that I can't even, I'll probably forget, you know. um, One that actually kind of was a bit of a a bit of the instigation of me even making a podcast, Up and Vanished. A lot of you will probably know about it. Um, Payne Lindsay's one about. Tara Grinfeld, who was the teacher who was murdered in the States. And that was one that had a conclusion, although there's actually a, the latest season, he just went to trial and yeah, there was issues there, but yeah. So paradise in the dark season two up and vanished. And then I'm going to add, this is the other one you need to check out. Someone knows something. David Ridgen is the man uh, there. There's heaps of seasons, maybe five seasons, just go, if you liked guilt, you will love someone knows something, but yeah, if you liked guilt, you'll love all these podcasts. Um, you'll probably listen to these and go, Oh shit, Ryan's rubbish. Um, but yeah, those are some and yeah, let's wrap it up there. Thanks for all the questions. I couldn't get to all them. So sorry if I didn't. Um, but we could do this again for sure. And if there's any new information on Jordan's case, I'm going to release it and I expect there's going to be some very soon Uh, so yeah everyone keep well and hold out for season 2 and if you do have any more questions feel free to fire them through to my Instagram at RyanWolfNZ or you can go to our Facebook at Brevity StudiosNZ and my puppy is biting my leg right now Uh, but yeah thank you all very much and hope to see you soon bye